welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, you can open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13. We're going there in just a moment. We'll start in verse seven. But right now here at Apple Valley, I wanna welcome everybody that's watching online and all of our campuses. Can we welcome all of our locations, River Valley Church, around the Twin Cities and around the world. We also send our greetings right now to Pastor Rob and Becca who are serving in Tanzania. And they've helped open a Bible school there in Tanzania. And so can we greet Pastor Rob and Becca, our lead pastors, as they're watching this weekend online, a part of our online campus. And I can't wait to have you back next weekend. A reminder that John Bevere is speaking next weekend. Invite your friends, invite your neighbors, invite everybody because they're gonna hear about the good news of Jesus Christ. Going to Hebrews chapter 13, wanna set this up. This message is all about praise and worship. Anybody love praise and worship? And I love that all of our locations have amazing worship pastors and leaders and volunteers that are gifted that way to stir us up, to praise the Lord, to give God our best worship, our best praise, to lift up a hallelujah to him. But setting up the context of Hebrews 13, Hebrews chapter 12 does it, and it's amazing. In Hebrews chapter 12, if you know your Bible, there's things in this chapter that, again, set up chapter 13 that say, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, it says, so let go of sin that so easily entangles us. It says, Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith. And for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Hebrews chapter 12 is amazing. He's seated at the right hand of God. And Hebrews chapter 12 ends by saying, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And let us offer to God acceptable worship. Say acceptable worship. With reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. And man, if there's acceptable worship, it means that there is unacceptable worship. There's unacceptable ways of worshiping and living for God. And if God is laying out the acceptable way he wants to be worshiped and how we should live our life as Christ followers, we should want to know. And Hebrews 13 is all about it. And let's just read verses 7 through 16. It says this, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the only one worth worshiping. The only one worth worshiping. He's the same. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not, been, not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. It's amazing that there's a rich passage of scripture, just pausing for a second to say, we have an altar that those who are living under the old covenant or a different faith or a different way of life outside of Christ, they don't know that we get to eat. In the Old Testament, the priests, they were not allowed to partake of the sacrifice on the day of atonement. 
But we as Christ followers on the day of atonement, the ultimate when Jesus laid down his life as a sacrifice for us, we get to partake in his body and his blood. We are privileged above the Old Testament priest. Man, we could have taught that last week on communion. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. Say outside the camp. So Jesus also also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. The title of this message is Sacrifice of Praise. That phrase that we just read, Sacrifice of Praise. If you want a second title, it's Outside Voices. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we thank you to be in your house. Better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. Let us be people that are praisers, that are worshipers, people of praise. Let it be so. Let us offer up, no matter what season we're living in, a sacrifice of praise to you. You're worth it every single day time. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Have you ever known somebody a long time? And I mean a long time. And then they spit out some information that you never knew. And it's like, wait, how have I known you for so long? And you just shared some information that I never knew. Like, that's not like, is that true? Are you lying right now? If you've ever been on a global team, one of the icebreakers we like to do is two truths and a lie. Two, what are two truths about yourself and a lie? And sometimes you, you'll, you'll be on a global team with people you know and some you don't know. And, and, and you're like, I, I actually don't know the answer. I should know the answer. You're my wife. And my, my wife, Kaylee, she, she uh, not, not doing two truths and a lie, but she said something the other day that I totally forgot. I mean, we've been married 10 years, totally forgot. Known her for a long time, and maybe if you know who she is, you, this would be new information to you, but did you know that she can play the bass? And did you know that she was in a band in high school that went downtown Minneapolis and played in Battle of the Bands? Just telling you the truth, you know. For the campuses that don't know her, I mean, she doesn't play bass on our worship team. And she would say right now, she's like, I'm not a bass player. It's not true. But it is true that she was in Battle of the Bands playing bass, which is like, I forgot that. And I was like, whoa, we got to get you up on the worship team. Let's do this. Playing bass. I've known you for so long. How did I not know that? And uh, I'll share a little information uh, about myself, too. Just want you to know that... uh, I, I probably don't look like it, but I do make my own yogurt. It's true. It's true. Make my own kombucha. I, um, the cucumbers we've been eating all summer from my garden. I know I don't look like it. Did you know that I'm a beekeeper? Some people actually knew that. (laughs) 
What if you asked your neighbors or what if you told your neighbors or your coworkers, I'm a Christian? Would they say, what? I've known you so long and I had no idea that you're a Christ follower. If you asked your neighbors or your coworkers, uh, or if your neighbors and coworkers were asked about you, hey, what's this person like? Would they respond saying, oh, they're my guy. We're the same. We're the same. We worship the same sports teams. We worship the same jokes. They might not use the term worship, but what they're meaning is, yeah, we're, we're about this. We're passionate about the same. There's no difference in us. We worship the same hobbies, the same politics, the same gossip. We worship the same complaints about our spouse. We worship the same vice to take the edge off. We are the same. Or would they say, that's my guy because they've got something that I don't. And I know it's a faith that, is attractive that I want and I don't fully understand it and I'm trying to figure it out because they got something that I, that I don't have. And if our neighbors or coworkers would say, yeah, they're the same as you and me, those that are unsaved, then we are not living our lives as worship to the Lord like we should and like we could. We should be a city set up on a hill. We should not put our light under a bushel. Oh no! Outside voice, sorry talking about praise and worship. And I love this, this passage of scripture and it's so deep and rich. And, uh, but first let's just talk about praise and worship because it's not just the songs that we sing. It's not just lifting up a melody. It's not just clapping our hands. It's not just bowing down before the Lord. It's not just this time that we gather for church. Worship and praise is your life. It's your whole life. It's everything you are, everything about you. By the way, everybody worships. Everybody worships something. G.K. Chesterton says this, for when we cease to worship God, we do not worship nothing. We worship anything. And those family and friends and coworkers and neighbors that don't know the Lord, it's not that they're not worshipers. They're worshiping something different than what we know about. Praise and worship is our, it's our life. It's not just the songs we sing. And praise really means putting value to something. Worship really means something that has the quality of worth. It's, it's worth something. And are we living our lives like Jesus Christ is the most valuable thing to us, the thing that has the highest worth in our life? Romans 12, verse one and two, talks about how we should live our lives as, as worship. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world. Don't, don't, don't have the world say, oh yeah, they're, they're the same as me. Don't get conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let your life be worship to the Lord. 
sacrifice of praise. And I love this, this passage. It says where this should happen, how this should occur. There's acceptable worship. There's unacceptable worship. And that phrase outside the camp, getting outside of the camp, being outside, this, this should have deep impact in our life and how we live. And it's gonna mean something by the end of this message. In the Old Testament, in Leviticus chapter 16, verse 27, it, it describes what happened to the sacrifices that were offered up to God, praise and worship. Offering sacrifices of praise, what happened? They, they would take the sacrifice then out of the camp to be burned, outside the camp. Leviticus 16, 27, and the bull for the sin offering and the goat of the sin offering whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place, in the holy of holies, inside the camp, shall then be carried outside the camp. Their skin and their flesh and their dung shall be burned up with fire. That was a symbol in the Old Testament that we are separating ourselves from sin. There's a separation. There's a distance. Us and said, we have sinned. We've now offered this sacrifice. It's been put before the Lord and they take what remains and burn the remains outside the camp, symbolizing separation of sin. But this passage in Hebrews doesn't just say in the Old Testament, they take the sacrifice outside the camp. It then says, Jesus, who is the sacrifice, he went outside the camp as well. John chapter 19, 16 and 17. As Jesus was being uh, arrested and interrogated and then on his way to be crucified, it says, so he delivered him over to be crucified. Pilate delivering Jesus to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out, out of the camp, outside, bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. For the Jews, for the Jews choosing to go outside the camp, really, it's not just a symbol of separation from sin, but it's, it's now in Christ, accepting Christ as the perfect sacrifice for the Jews that were becoming Christians, which is what the book of Hebrews, who the book of Hebrews was written to. It was them saying, it's now not the old sacrifice that's gonna separate us from sin, bringing those sacrifices. We are accepting Jesus as the one final sacrifice who went outside for us. And as they would receive Jesus, they were saying, we're good getting kicked out of our Jewish community. We're good turning our backs on everything that we were raised in, everything that was comfortable, where all of our friends are, where all of our family may be, and we're gonna follow Jesus. There was a separation. But what does it mean for us today? Hebrews is, is speaking to the Jewish people. Therefore, let us go outside the camp. We read it earlier. Let us go. Not just the Old Testament sacrifices, not just Jesus. Now us. How should we live our life? And where do the sacrifices of praise happen? Outside the camp. Outside. To bear the reproach he endured. Are you going today, here's a question for you, are you going outside the camp? And you're probably still like, what are we talking about? Outside voices, outside the camp, the sacrifices, Jesus, what does this mean for me today? And it means something. For us today, to follow Jesus outside the camp, we follow him outside of the world. So the camp is where we're living the camp is our sphere of influence, our relationships. But are we willing to go outside the, the, the camp of sin and temptation? To say, hey, I'm not the same. 
There's a truth I know. There's a God I know. There's a deliverer I know. There's a freedom I've experienced. There's a freedom I know that's different. And I'm gonna live my life different. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, there's gonna be a separation. And this separation is not isolation. We can be in the world, but we cannot be of it. There needs to be separation. Not just outside the camp of the world, but also outside the camp of your desires. When we're talking about praise and worship, where, how should we give God praise and worship? We need to think, get ready to think and be and act and talk and live outside the camp of our own desires, our dreams, our plan, our paths, saying, God, I'm dying to myself. I'm dying to my plans. Let your will be done for my life, not mine. It's a way to live outside. It's a way to live differently than the world because the world's going after their dreams, their plan, their path. Outside the world, outside your desires, outside the camp of your expectation. There, there's in this room, unanswered prayer. There's in this room people waiting. You're in the waiting at our campuses. You're in a season saying, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting. And my expectations have not been met. The, the, the inside, the worldly way to, to be about it is to, to say, I'm done serving this God because he hasn't shown up for me in my timing. The way to live outside with an outside voice using your sacrifice of praise is saying whether or not God answers this prayer on this side of eternity, I'm still gonna worship him. We're gonna live different, it's separation. It's a different way to live. And Hebrews is talking about how do we worship God with our life? Outside the camp of your comfort zone. Just live where you're comfortable, do what you're comfortable. Sometimes we gotta get outside of that. And in just a moment, we're gonna talk about our expression of worship because it's not just our singing, but it is. It's not just our lifting up a melody in a song, but it is. It's not just our hand clapping, but it is. It's involved in our praise and worship. And there's, there's, there's comfortable, hey, I'm, comf I'm cool, I'm comfortable, and I'm just gonna stand here sipping my coffee. Or we could get outside and say, I'm gonna, however the Lord wants me to worship him, I'm gonna do it unabandoned, unashamed, not worried, Outside of my personality, outside of my wiring, because I'm giving it all to God. I'm just ready to give it to you, Lord. We'll talk about that in a second. But outside of your comfort zone, your expression of worship, lifting up your voice, lifting up your hands, sacrifice of praise using your outside voice. There's a story about Job in the Bible, and I, I won't read the passage of Scripture, but Job, he was living right. He wasn't a perfect man, but he was a good man. And he had a lot. He had a lot of kids. He had a spouse, he had a lot of wealth, he had a lot of animals, and he lost it all. And Job's response, if, if, if he was inside, would say, the Lord gave, the Lord has now taken away, and I'm cursing the name of the Lord. I'm done with this. I can't believe this just happened to me. Have I not been trying to live right? But he doesn't, he lives, he lives outside. He lives different. He lives with a separation different than the world around him. Job was different than the world around him. That's why we're even talking about him right now. He, he didn't say, curse the name of the Lord. He said, the Lord gave, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
And we need Christ followers that say, it doesn't matter. The Lord has blessed so much. And I've also gone through trial on this side of eternity. But blessed be the name of the Lord. He's still got my life. He's still got me. As long as I've got air in my lungs, I'm giving it to him. Acts 16, Paul and Silas. They're in chains for what God told them to do. They set somebody free. They delivered somebody out of demonic oppression and they're arrested and put in jail. And if they were inside, looking exactly like the world, they would have said, see what, see what it looks like following Jesus? Right back in chains. I can't believe this. Silas, let's, just, let's be done. Paul, I'm with you, let's be done. That's what, the, that's what the world is like. Miss expectations, miss dreams. I'm good, I'm done. But the Christ follower says, listen, it's true no matter what. It's true no matter what. The Bible's true no matter what. This is true no matter what. I may not feel it, I may not see it, I may not sense it. I, it's not in my timing, but God's ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm living for him. Joshua, uh, my, my family, my family's all about this. I'm all about this. I'm all about this. Paul and Silas, they weren't inside people. They were outside. Even though they're in a prison, they're outside people. It says at midnight, they begin to worship and sing hymns and their chains fall off. Not only them, but the entire prison say, saying, I know the circumstance that I'm in should require some depression, should require some fear and anxiety, should require some sense of feeling uncomfortable, should require me just to shut my mouth because I'm fighting for my life. But they say, I'm not doing that. In the middle of the night, they wake up the whole prison and they say, we're going to worship because we're worshipers. And the people of God are worshipers. The people of God are praisers. And this is a good question to the Christ follower. This is a good question to you. You have been saved, death to life. If God never answered another prayer, if he never made himself known to you again on this side of eternity, if he never gave you another blessing, if he never showed up like the word of God says, if he never did another thing for you, however long you live, decades and decades and decades, are you a person that is an outside person different than the world and says, listen, I understand that the circumstance that I'm in seems gloom, seems doom, seems down and out. And I, I have not heard his voice. I've not sensed him. I've not had an answered prayer. I've not had a blessing. I, I've not felt him. I've not, he's not shown up. But I'm serving him. Why? Because I'm, I'm, I've gone from death to life. I've gone from death to life. And I'm not living for this side. This is the short side. I'm living for that side. I'm trying to get there. It says we have a city. Our city is not this camp. Our city is the camp for all eternity in the presence of God. If God never showed up, would you still worship him? If God never answered another prayer, would you still worship him? Would you still give him your life? Would you still indoctrinate your children that this is true, even though our circumstance may not prove it? I'm teaching you, my children, my grandchildren, we are people of God. We are following the way of Jesus Christ. We're going after this. If he never 
never did it again. And the awesome thing is he's going to do it again. He's going to answer your prayer. He's going to bless you. He's going to show up. You're going to feel his presence like we can feel it now. The Holy Spirit's going to come to you in the middle of the night. And he's going to set you free of your sickness. He's going to set you free of your bondage and, and your depression and your anxiety and your fear. He's going to restore your marriage. He's going to let your kids come back to Jesus. He's going to do it. He's able to do it. And we believe he'll do it on this side of eternity. And we'll pray. But if it's not until that side of eternity, we're going to worship him no matter what. We're outside people. And I'm using my outside voice. I don't care. Outside, outside of your comfort zone. Comes in your expression, your expression of praise and worship. C.S. Lewis says this. We delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but it completes the enjoyment. We don't just praise what we enjoy because it's an expression. But our praise is what completes the enjoyment. He says, it is, it's appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. What a horrible example of marriage if, yeah, I stood there on the day and I said yes and I gave the vows, we did it, and is that not enough? And it's kind of a funny example because obviously everybody knows that. But how many Christ followers go, yeah, I gave my life to Jesus. Is that not enough? I, may, I, I followed him, he saved me, going to eternity. Now I'm just, gonna be a, I'm just gonna be a good person. Is that not enough? If I told my wife, hey, I'm gonna just gonna stop telling you and expressing how much I love you. I'm just gonna be good to you. I'm just gonna be a good person. Isn't that enough? No way, no way. The consummation of our delight is in our praise. It, it's what completes it. If you're not telling your spouse you love them, you're not loving them. We can talk about the love languages, but you gotta use your words, you gotta express, you gotta, you gotta do something. It's, it's, it's the proof that it's there. And our praise and worship is the proof, it's the proof. That we are so in love with Jesus and I don't care what anybody might say about me. I just am in love with Jesus. It's not just expression. It's, it's the proof and the completion. And we're gonna end this service at all of our campuses singing a song and just being able one more time, one more time before we go back to our neighborhoods and our workplace and our families. And we're gonna live outside we're not going to be inside. We're going to live different and separate in, but not of. But one more time in this gathering, say, God, I just got to ex express it. I got to express. I got to, 
I want to finalize in my heart what, what, what's there. I want to finalize it. Ephesians 5.19 says this, addressing one another in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs. Praise and worship is not just songs. It's your whole life, but it is songs. It's your whole life, but it is your voice. It's your whole life, but it's the words you use. It's the way you lift your hands. Go with me here. The Jewish people, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but we're called Yehudim, which comes after Judah, the tribe of Judah, Yehuda. Praise and worship comes from that, that word Judah, Yehuda, Yada. And that first part of Yada is Yad, which means hand. The people of God are people that are gonna use their hands for God. We are now the people of God. We're gonna use our hands for God. We're gonna use our hands in clapping. We're gonna use our hands in lifting. We're gonna use our hands in laying on of hands and praying over somebody. We're gonna use our hands to put to the plow the gift that God has given us. We're, gonna, we're people that use our hands. This is how we worship. This is how we live. Sacrifice of praise. This is how we live outside. Our hands. I love this. Philippians 2, 9 through 11, as we close. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, being Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee should bow, every tongue confess. We're gonna use our physical body to worship and express, which is the proof of our love for him. It's the proof, it's the consummation, it's the finality of, of, of what he means to us, the worth and the value. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. It's gonna be the words that we say, it's gonna come out not just in praise and worship, but with our neighbor, our coworker. And listen, all of that is not just to get lost people saved. Evangelism is not the church's number one task. There's church people here like, what? Our number one task, why we were created before evangelism is to glorify the name of the Lord, to glorify him. So all of this, yes, it works in evangelism. But it's first, I'm gonna be an outside person because it glorifies him. And that's all that matters. Lord, I thank you that we are gonna be people that serve you no matter what, that follow you no matter what, that worship you no matter what. God, you are value to us, the highest value. You are of worth, the greatest worth in our life. And Lord, I pray that we would get outside the camp of our thoughts, our thought pattern, outside the camp of just living like our friends, outside the camp of comfortability, outside the camp of our dreams and desires, outside the camp of being in waiting for an answered prayer. We are gonna worship you no matter what. It's who we are. We're gonna be people of praise and we're gonna put our hands where our mouth is. 
We're going to be all in for you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.